1: Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 7.06. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, Blue Jays trailing Boston 8-2. That's in the top of the seventh. The Edmonton Prospects just getting underway against the Medicine Hat Mavericks. Game three of their best of five division final. The winner will take on either uh, Weyburn or Regina for the league championship the prospects winning last night 7-6 to tie the series 1-1 all right well i just got like a paragraph long text from the fizzler fizzler i don't have the attention span to read that and host at the same time so i'll have to read it during the commercial and uh, probably laugh at it because you're generally an entertaining texter are we getting Morley on the show what's going on i'm on hold you're on hold? I'm with, on hold. With Morley? No, with the, uh, the obviously, it's his hotel that he's staying at. Oh, I can hear it. Oh. <laughs> there it great. Right. Uh, that's funny. Uh, Wayne Gretzky speaking today at the Holinka-Gretzky Cup. Asked what advice he would give kids playing in the tournament.
2: You just don't know with 16 to 17 years old, who, who's going to be... I mean listen, you got the Mews and the Crosbys and guys like that that are camp misses. And then you got guys that come along and might get drafted in the third round or fourth round like a Curry or Messier and become Hall of Famers. So we don't know the future for any of these kids, but I would give them the same advice Gordy Howe gave me. You gotta be the hardest working player every night and if you work hard, good things happen. And you know, I've always found the guys who love the game the most work the hardest and put the most time in. And it's you know it's not a big secret why Mark Messier or Paul Coffey or why those guys are in the Hall of Fame, because they love to play, and each and every game, the bigger the game, the more excited they got, and the better they played, and that's what you want to get out of kids. I met with the kids before game one and I said this is something you'll never forget and work hard and you're going to love it. It's a great game.
1: All right we'll have more from the great one some words of wisdom there I've asked you to text in your thoughts on uh, year-round sports summer hockey all that kind of stuff Grisky dead set against it didn't do it when he was a kid talked about playing a lot of baseball and lacrosse in the summer didn't go to summer hockey schools and uh, even as an NHLer now this isn't perhaps as realistically as it used to be, but uh, even as an NHLer didn't really start skating until early September. Eskimos and Lions on this station tomorrow. Play-by-play voice for the Green and Gold is Morley Scott, who is currently in the land of sushi and sequoias. Hi, Morley. Uh, good day. I'm avoiding all sushi at all costs. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't like sushi, do you? I, I don't mind some of it. I don't mind the, the vegetable stuff, but you know it's, it's raw fish, right? Well, some so, sushi has raw fish.
3: Yes. I am not a bear. I don't need to eat raw fish. So,
1: <laughs> that's great. I am not a bear. You eat berries, though. Uh, I eat berries. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, you got me. I got no. Re- I got
3: no response for that. I do eat berries. Though. Yeah.
1: See, I, I. I actually just had some sushi during the news break. Really? Uh, yeah, I didn't have anything raw though. I, I, most of the sushi I eat wouldn't have raw stuff, but I'm not adverse to the raw stuff. It's yeah, I, safe, I, man.
3: I it just doesn't do it for me at all. I, 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 do, I don't mind. I'm, a, I love rice, so I don't mind the rice aspect of it, and uh, uh, I don't mind the stuff with the with the veggies in it and everything. But I, I can't even think about it. Well, eating is raw
1: sushi thing. not? I, I, think sushi, uh, like technically, actually doesn't. Su- somebody will help me on the text. Like, sushi doesn't. I think sushi actually refers. To the rice. Yeah, I believe... And the, I believe sashimi is actually raw fish, I think. Yeah, I believe sushi means with rice, I believe. Right, there you go. So. Say Hey, don't say we're not bilingual, everybody. We almost know one Japanese word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, quickly, here I got to respond to a text. So what happened at the senior little league play at the World Championships down in the states? Haven't seen or heard anything about the Edmonton team. To that texture, you you missed the updates I gave last week. They were eliminated by Italy. So they didn't make the uh, international uh, championship side. That was the Edmonton Cubs playing in Easley, South Carolina. We had assistant coach Shane Jones on the show a couple of times. Uh, Eskimos tomorrow, Morley. I gotta, I gotta ask you about this first of all. Uh, Gerald Rivers was released, defensive lineman who made a splash in the preseason. Uh, What kept him from uh, cracking the lineup, and then I guess even staying on the roster?
3: Well, he did get a chance to play a little bit when the uh, when Kwaku Boateng was injured and with Darius Allen out, but uh, the fact is that those two guys are both healthy and playing. Now, Allen returned last week after uh, getting hurt in the game against uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on opening night, and he is, uh, he is uh, ready uh, to return, or did return to the lineup last week, so uh, that's the main reason. Those are the three guys I think that the Eskimos wanted to go with off the start. Allen, Botang and Alex Bassey, of course, is, uh, is on the other side, so uh, they've decided to Keep Nick Usher, who uh, also played a defensive end, and was pretty impressive, I thought, in the game he played. Uh, he had a couple of tackles in one game, showed some great speed on, at times in the game, and it looks like they just took Usher over Gerald Rivers. There's usually more to these stories than, than you, know, you know, maybe guys want to say, I don't want to go on the practice roster or whatever. I, I don't know for sure what the case is here, but, but Usher is on the practice roster, and if there is an injury at the defensive end position, he'd be the next man
1: up. Okay, some changes for uh, the game tomorrow. Uh, Let's start in the secondary. Fair to say they're looking a little healthier there, or what's going on? Well, sort of.
3: Uh, add one and take one out would be the situation. Neil King didn't finish the game last week. He practiced a little bit this week, but they've decided uh, a bit of a nagging injury for him that's been, I guess, been bugging him for a while. They've put him on the six-game injured list, so he is out at safety, and Josh Woodman is going to get the start at safety for the Eskimos uh, in the game tomorrow night against the BC Lions. Uh, the addition is uh, Forrest Hightower, who will return uh, to the lineup. Well, not return. He's going to play his first game of the season tomorrow night. Uh, he'll start at that halfback spot on the wide side for the Eskimos. So he played a couple of games at the end of last year. He was slated to be in this position coming out of training camp. He was one of the three guys who got hurt uh, in the final week of camp, uh, and uh, along with Johnny Adams and Arjun Colhoun, uh, and didn't start in week one. So he's finally back in after missing the first seven games. So it, it does look better. You, if you think back to that week one game, uh, the Eskimos didn't have uh, Mercy Maston, didn't have Aaron Grimes, didn't have Forrest Hightower, and didn't have an Arjun Colhoun they're all in the lineup now not all in starting positions because Colhoun's listed as a backup but they are clearly a stronger team and that's part of the reason in the backfield we saw the release of Maurice
1: McKnight this week okay uh, so sorry Money Hunter went to the practice roster Money Hunter's been
3: moved to the practice no. roster yeah he's been playing at that spot uh where Hightower will move in so that that kind of surprised me bit I thought he would stay in the lineup a little bit uh, because well, of can't his, he
1: be claimed now
3: his special teams ability—he he got a lot of special teams tackles. What was that? Sorry.
1: Can't he be claimed
3: now, though? Isn't that a well, risk? Well, he can be, but he, he doesn't—they don't have like a waivers system. Uh, he he kind of what happens is uh, players are released and then signed to practice roster contracts. So okay. He gets released and he has the opportunity to go somewhere else. But they have agreed he's going to the practice roster beforehand, so he goes. Teams can take players off the practice roster. They can, if they want to, if you know, they can go. Any team can go to a player on any practice roster and say, "Hey, we'll make." you a starter if you want to come to our team and or we'll put you on the 46 and you'll get a full paycheck and you'll get a chance to play Uh, but a lot of times as soon as that happens teams will just activate the guy and put them on their own uh, 46 man roster
1: what's going on at running back with Robinson banged up Uh, he is not gonna play he's been moved uh, to the
3: uh, to the practice roster as well it's gonna be CJ Gable and uh, nobody backing him up except for uh, Calvin McCarty who if Uh, Gable has to leave the game. Calvin McCarty would move over and become the running back uh, uh, of choice if there's something happening to uh, C.J. Gable. So C.J. Gable will be the running back. And with uh, Robinson off the roster, uh, it's uh, good timing because uh, Jamil Smith comes off the injured list, and he will be into the game as uh, the Eskimos' kick returner uh, tomorrow night against the BC Lions. And he'll also uh, work a little bit more. I would think he would get a little bit more look in the receiving core as well tomorrow night. Uh, Robinson was starting to get some look. Just as in the last couple of weeks, until he got hurt in the last game, so we'll see how much Smith gets to look at in the offense. But he'll be the main kick returner tomorrow night.
1: Well, I don't mind seeing that because I I, 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 I still get the sense there's something there with uh, with Smith. So hopefully, uh, you know
3: what? He, a lot of people don't remember this, but uh, the first week of the season, when uh, when the season ended, he led the league in all-purpose yards. He had a great night against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in that long game. So uh, unfortunately, he also got hurt in that game. So uh, we'll have to see if he can pick it up where he left it off six games ago for sure. I've, I've liked him. Uh, he just he seems to have a little bit of pizzazz and a guy who uh, can flip the field for you. And that's what the Eskimos need. Uh, they you know, And we've talked about this before, Reed. They haven't had a guy who can flip the field on a consistent yeah, a basis time. and give you those consistent returns for quite some time on this team. So hopefully Jamil Smith will come back and do that tomorrow night.
1: Morley, I was talking about the defense uh, earlier. You got some feedback on the text line. I, I was saying, you know, they the points against have been well they've averaged 20 the last 5 games uh that's that's been pretty good i think there's been some guys getting some experience in the secondary and i and i know i got some replies basically saying you know that they have they haven't played great quarterbacks so i guess we continue well i mean we always get more information on the team um what are your thoughts on what we have Seen defensively, and would you agree with some of the listeners saying that it's it's too early to call them a good defense because of the caliber of quarterback they faced? Uh, to
3: a certain extent, they haven't played you know high powered uh, offenses. Uh, for sure this year, but you can only play who you play, right? And they've done what you have to do against those kind of quarterbacks, and that's shut them down, right? Uh, that's that's all you can ask them to do in those situations. 19.8, I believe, is the uh, average points against per game in the last five, so they've done what they've had to do. They'll get tested tomorrow night with Travis Lulee, who is who uh, makes the offense for the BC Lions much better uh, when he's playing and playing well. He's thrown for over 300 yards in the three starts he's had before this game, and a of course, he's got Manny Arsenal and, and Brian Burnham, two just terrific receivers who are, are so, especially uh, Arsenault is just so big and strong. He's, a, he's not only uh, hard to cover, but he's hard to bring down as well as he collects yak yards pretty well. And Brian Burnham has shown over the last couple of years he can catch anything. Yeah, if it's if it's near him and he can get his hand on, he can usually bring it in. So it will be a, a tougher test tomorrow night against uh, Travis Louie and those two receivers for sure for the defensive backfield. We'll see how they come through. It, of course, you know, it's gonna it's gonna go on in Montreal a week after next. But then they're gonna go against uh, uh, Masoli, who throws the ball terrific and is a great receiving core in Hamilton. And then, of course, it's uh, that's the Labor Day game. So the meat of the order is coming up for that defensive backfield against quarterbacks for sure.
1: Well, Morley. I mean, I, I don't think you can question what the Eskimos have been able to do uh, offensively. Uh, the yards haven't always turned into points, but but still, they're getting they're getting the wins. You got Riley up there, you got Williams up there, uh, Walker and Stafford in terms of some of the uh, individual stats. So that's that's been encouraging for sure. And I think, <clears throat> pardon me, th- this should be a Lions secondary they can get after if we go back to the second game of the, or pardon me, the third game of the season.
3: Yeah, for sure, it they will be a secondary they can get after. The only difference being Marce, Marcel Young's not there. They've got uh, they brought in in that game uh, when uh, uh, the Eskimos played in Edmonton. Uh, they brought in Winston Rose uh, in the third or fourth quarter of that game, and then uh, Young ended up getting released. I think shortly after that, or a couple of weeks after that. But yeah, that's the only change they got after that defensive backfield for sure. Uh, and they will uh, they will try it again. Uh, I'm I'm sure tomorrow they will be tested. Conditions will be perfect. Mike Roddy loves playing against the bc lions too you check his stats he's thrown for more yards and more 300 yard games uh than any other team again uh, than uh, than the bc lions so he loves playing against bc his old club he's also got more wins against the lions than he's had against any other team in the Canadian football league as well so he'll test them for sure
1: morley thanks for coming on the show look forward to hearing you tomorrow you're on at six you'll start calling the game at eight buddy have a great night Thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. That is Morley Scott checking in from Vancouver. Some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home southern food and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com, 124th Street, 107th Avenue. It is 719. You can text 630-630. We'll clarify the uh, definition of sushi. And we'll talk about uh, year round hockey, summer hockey, having your kid play the same sport year round when we get back.
0: Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad have multiple options. Um, it doesn't really matter if one guy has a bit of an off night or a, or a, a small night in terms of statistics because there's going to be other guys that are going to pick up that, that area. So uh, we have options all over the place. That's, that's how we try to build our offense and that's what makes it challenging to play against it.
1: There's your quarterback, Mike Riley, talking about Williams, Walker, Stafford all having great seasons. Riley also commenting on head coach Wally Buono in his final season. Of course, he's the guy who traded Riley to Edmonton.
0: I mean, Wally's a character for sure. He's an interesting guy. I've never met anybody quite like him. Uh, He obviously loves the game of football and is very passionate about it, and and he's very good at what he does. I mean, his track record speaks for itself, but uh, if you get to spend a a decent amount of time with Wally, um, you're either going to love him or you're going to hate him, and I, I happen to Into a category that I love him because he's just he's very eccentric he's very different Um, you know I like to give him a hard time Uh, even when I was playing for him I like to kind of uh, approach him maybe in a way that was unexpected and uh, you know I think that he he actually enjoyed that and respected it and um, I've continued uh, you know the relationship with him since I've left BC he's a guy that I always enjoy seeing uh, before the game and spend a little bit of time talking with him
1: all right, Riley and the Eskimos at the BC Lions. Tomorrow, 6 o'clock countdown to kickoff game. We'll start at 8 right here on 6.30. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. It's 7.24. A lot more from Wayne Gretzky uh, coming up on the show. He spoke today at Rogers Place, the Holinka-Gretzky Cup going on. Uh, Canada-Sweden we will keep you updated as they get deeper into that game. You can text 6.30, uh, 6.30, talking about... Uh, Year-round sports. This texter says, as a hockey coach, I am definitely against year-round hockey. Kids need a mix of activities to develop. That's what Gretzky was saying. And uh, this is a good one from Lyle. You'll like this one, Kellen. When I was a kid growing up, I played the same sport all year long, milking cows and cleaning barns. Hmm. The rural Alberta biathlon. I think that's what that's called. Uh, Wayne, the former ESL in Asia teacher, says, hey, Reed, it's the rice vinegar only, which equates to all sushi. And Will and New Sarepta says sushi is actually vinegared rice, also has a bit of sugar in it. And uh, Will also says, I read Japanese reasonably well. Well, there you go. There we go. So if someone says... Do you want sushi? They are not offering you raw fish. They could be offering you something that contains raw fish, but sushi is uh, not equivalent to, to the raw food. Correct. Uh, the Fizzler has sent in this text, which is my current favorite for Text of the Night. The, the Fizzler says Here's my idea for a movie. The year is 3135. Cryogenics and Nanotechnology have allowed the rich to live forever. In an office in downtown Edmonton, a group of raisiny old men gather. An argument breaks out. Should we have another press conference to honor the 1984 Oilers or the 1987 Oilers? As the debate rages, a voice of clarity arises. Bob Stauffer, tireless champion and broadcaster for life, asks, why not honor both? hearty congratulations are given and we go to the closing credits. Uh, that is The Fizzler, who's still working on a title. For, I, 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 more of a short film, I think. I mean, I, I, I can't see the debate uh, raging for like an hour and a half long film, but it could be a really good intense five or six minute scene for sure, Fizzler. I, I think you need to expand on the idea a little bit, but I definitely think you're I, I love the science fiction angle, working in some hockey. That's... That's a lot of promise right there. There's there's the next Christopher Macquarie. That's the FISL. <laughs> you can text 630-630-780-496-0063. talk about probably more about giant sharks and sushi but uh, also a little bit more from the great one when we get back
0: this is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet
1: start for the Edmonton Prospects. They get three in the bottom of the first. Now in the bottom of the second inning, they lead Medicine Hat 3-0 over at REMAX Field. Game four will be tomorrow. The winner tonight goes up 2-1 in the best of five. Boston leading the Blue Jays 8-5. That's in the top of the eighth at the Holinka-Gretzky Cup at Rogers Place. 1-1 Canada and Sweden. Sweden scored first. Josh Williams coming back with a goal for Canada. The winner gets first in the pool. Both teams Teams uh, have already moved into the semifinals on Friday at Rogers Place and, of course, the gold medal game coming up Saturday night. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. It's 734. You can text 63630. The phone number 780-496-0063. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on uh, the golf tomorrow as well. PGA Championship teeing off one particular group. We'll have a lot of focus.
0: Justin Thomas is hoping to become just the second player in the stroke play history of the PGA Championship to successfully defend the title, and he'll be playing in the first two rounds of the tournament with Tiger Woods, who is the only man so far to have achieved that feat. Thomas comes in off a win last week, and Woods hopes to refine the form that gave him a shot at last month's British Open. Good chances also on the long Bell Reef course for the big hitters Dustin Johnson and Brooks Koepka. Graham Agars, St. Louis.
1: And, of course, Dustin Johnson, son-in-law to the great one Wayne Gretzky. I asked Gretzky, what's it like for him the night before a major golf tournament? It's interesting.
2: You know, I got a chance to spend the week in New York when we were there. And, you know, he's very serious and very focused. And, you know, I just kind of try to stay out of his way. I know as a player, as an athlete, you know, especially the night before, you don't really want to talk a lot and you just kind of focus on what you're doing and that's what he does. He's got his routine. Um, Thursday and Friday in New York were wonderful and Saturday and Sunday were tough. Um, but that's part of sports. You know, you get highs and lows. But uh, the, 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 the golfers today, probably because of Tiger. Tiger was the guy that really implemented uh, physical fitness. These guys work out every day hard both with weights and you know, endurance with they go to soul cycle or spin classes. So they're great specimens now. They're not just golfers, they're great athletes, and that's probably a lot to do with what Tiger did. So it's it's strange for me to see him. He plays in the afternoon, he'll go work out for two hours in the morning, but that's his routine and he sticks to it.
1: All right, that's Wayne Gretzky talking a little bit about Dustin Johnson, uh, one of the best golfers in the world, always a threat to win a major like he did at the US Open a couple of years ago. Uh, PGA starts tomorrow up uh, I mean, Mullinari. is anybody talking about him? He was so great in the final round of that British Open. you got to think he'd be a favorite going into this as well. Stan Makita passed away yesterday. Chicago Blackhawks legend, Hockey Hall of Famer, former Hart Trophy winner, uh, his entire career with Chicago. Wayne Gretzky with a special memory of Makita.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, uh, obviously it's a sad day for his family and obviously the players and teammates that knew him, the fans in Chicago. Um, I grew up. I, I think he was one of my dad's favorite players, and so the very first game I played, my first face-off, I got to go against Stan Makita, so I thought that was pretty cool. You won it. Uh, did I win it? I don't <laughs> even remember. I didn't win too many. But um, you know what? He just was a special guy, and you know, not too many guys in the game of hockey have ever had the most penalty minutes, and then won the Lady Bing, and then won the scoring race and the Art Trophy, so good on him. He was great for our sport and he was innovative and probably was a big part of bringing the curved stick to hockey today. Um, But most importantly, he was uh, very much uh, liked by his teammates and had a tremendous family.
1: So you heard Gretzky mention the curved stick. Makita, known for being at least a part of a couple of innovations. One, the curved stick and the other, one of the first players to wear a helmet in games, which... Nowadays seems uh, absurd that that, that they, they were used to play that way. I mean, goalies used to not wear anything on their heads or faces either, uh, and Gretzky uh, expanded on that a little bit.
2: No, I couldn't wear the helmet. It looked too heavy. And uh, the stick was too big of a curve, so um, I didn't do much as Stamikita did. But I'll tell you one thing, I played golf with him a couple of times, and he was one of the great golfers as a hockey player. He was like a one handicap. Um, I played with him in Chicago at Medina one year. I must have shot close to 100, and I think he was 71 or 72, so it was pretty embarrassing.
1: <laughs> All right, Gretzky, with some memories there of Stan Makita. Earlier, we were talking, we, we started to get into this. Uh, I want to get into it a little more because I think there are, are, are a lot of you who probably have this experience, or maybe as a parent or an athlete yourself, has had uh, these thoughts, these dilemmas, maybe decisions to deal with with your son or daughter. And, and, I, and I mean, we'll, we'll talk about summer hockey, but I think it can apply to any sport. If you think your kid has a chance maybe to play at a high level, uh, what do you do? Do you say, okay, this is all you're going to play for 11, 12 months of the year? Or do you say, no, I know you're good at this, but I want you to learn to be athletic in other ways and play a different sport and meet a different group of kids and, 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 uh, you know, be a teammate in a different environment. Uh, how do you approach all that? I'm curious for you to tell me, uh, by texting six 3630, you calling 780-496-0063. Again, here's the, here's the Gretzky comment today. And he was originally, uh, the question was, you know, Bobby Orr says, don't force your kids to play year round. We, we don't need summer hockey. Here was Gretzky's response. Yeah, i I'm a,
2: I'm a big believer of Bob Youre. I, I agree with that. I've always said that from a lot of years that, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14, I played baseball, lacrosse, track and field. Um, I think all those sports helped me be a better hockey player. I think there's a little bit of an unfair balance. Some kids can't afford to play in the summertime. They can't afford to play all year, and they think they get left behind, and to me that's not true. In a lot of ways, those kids, by playing soccer and lacrosse, I think those sports help their hockey. And when I finished hockey in April, mid-April usually, I threw my bag in the basement, and I didn't get it back until after Labor Day. I never skated in the summertime. I didn't go to hockey schools. My parents couldn't afford it to be... Quite honest. Um, so I played baseball, lacrosse, I played those sports, and I think they helped my hockey career. And the other thing about it was every time I came back in September, I was fresh and excited to play again because I hadn't skated for three or four months. Um, and even when I was in the NHL, I very rarely skated until the first week of September because we didn't start camp in those days until September 17, 18. So I just, I never went to, I never skated until. Uh, a couple of weeks before, now you train and get ready physically. You got to do that, but I think that by not skating in the off season, I was always a lot fresher in January, February when you have you know it's a little bit of a downtime because it's a long year.
1: All right, so there's there are some comments from Wayne Gretzky, and and first of all, the one thing that that stood out there, and this is unfortunate, and it, it's a reality. I don't I think not just for hockey but probably for a lot of kids and families trying to keep their kid going at a high level, is that some families simply can't afford it, and and the, the, the kid, the boy or the girl, regardless of the sport, could miss out on opportunities because the can't, parent can't afford the whatever the spring registration, the summer camp, the summer school, all that kind of stuff, which which is unfortunate, and that, and that doesn't just happen in hockey; it can happen in soccer, basketball, golf, tennis, you you name it. You got you got to pay to play. You got to pay for in some sports individual coaching. Uh, you got to pay for equipment. You know, hockey and. Football, two of the sports that have you, you got to wear a lot of equipment, and the kid keeps growing. You got to get new stuff every year. Uh, so cost in itself um, can be an obstacle, and that's too bad. I got a text here from Jeff to six thirty six thirty who uh, says, Reed, as a parent, it doesn't matter whether I'm for or against summer hockey or other extended seasons. The bottom line is it's a reality. And if I, as a parent, aren't willing to do it, then my child is going to be left behind. That is a, a text to 630-630. Well, and I guess that's a fair point. If I mean, what's the... Uh if if there's a kid who uh, is, is really into hockey and maybe he's 12, 13, 14, and he's starting to realize he's really good, and maybe junior teams are going to look at him or A teams, and maybe he's going to be those one in a, one of the one in a millions that, that's going to get drafted. Is is he as a competitive athlete, and are his parents? You know, willing to say, it's okay, we'll just let the other top-caliber kids keep playing hockey in the summer, and uh, you take the summer off where you go play baseball and don't get any better at hockey. And I, and I think that's the environment that we lived in. I mean, I don't know, when I, when I was a kid, and it was a long time ago, and I, w- I was not a high-level player, but I didn't really know anybody playing summer hockey. I, I, you'd go to hockey school in the summer for a week or two and work on your skating and get a little bit of extra instruction, but that was a week or two. There, there wasn't the extended season where you had a full spring schedule. Maybe did stuff in the summer. Maybe you get one month off. And so, as as that texter said, if you're against it, does I mean, if if you're against it as a parent, does that really matter? Are are you at the? Is it at the point where you pretty much have to do it because your kid is going to fall behind? So you have to try to afford it. You have to uh, maybe sit down with your kid and say, look, if you want to be in the NHL. Here's what the NHL players have done, and here's what the next generation of NHL players are doing. They are playing hockey all summer long. So Gretzky's, so our Gretzky's comments, uh, you know, simply from and you know the guy's in his fifties, simply from a different era that isn't relevant or or possible anymore. The way athletes develop and and what coaches and teams and ultimately nhl general managers want from their players you know they want well-rounded polished hockey players the younger the better or the sooner the better in their career so i mean it is it, it is an interesting debate you can text 636 630
0: introducing royal
3: caribbean's newest ship icon of the seas the ultimate family vacation the ultimate six slides eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation the ultimate never
0: done that can't wait to do it vacation The ultimate chill in by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations, icon of the seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean, Ships Registry, Bahamas.
1: The phone number is 780 496 0063. It is 744. A little more from Gretzky. Uh, Quick timeout, Inside Sports on Chad. Hi, this is
0: Ryan Eugen-Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad,
1: you me All right, to here's the nooch. Finished the Oilers season on Connor McDavid's left side. Looked pretty darn good. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he starts the new season that way. Uh, we're counting down. Well, we got camp got uh, camp will start September 15th. We're getting there. 10-5, Boston leading the Blue Jays in the bottom of the eighth after uh the first period now well just early in the second sweden and canada 1-1 at the hlinka gretzky cup at rogers place 3-0 prospects leading medicine hat that's now in the third inning sorry guys had to sneeze (laughs) that's now in the third inning at uh at remax field i never used to i never used to sneeze on the radio last couple years i have yeah, especially this week, though. I noticed that uh, with all the old smoke coming in, my allergies are really starting to act up. Well, you don't look good, Kellen. Oh, thanks. I man. think you need to get checked out. <laughs> really? I think we need a physician here. Uh, You can text 630 630 Roger in Wetaski says year round hockey. Does the kid want to do it or is it the parent pushing to get their superstar further? Well, yeah, that's a good question, Roger. I think that's the age old question is and this is, you know, this is what kind of why I threw it out there. With me uh, not being a parent, I'm curious about how you've handled this as a parent. I know I have a a friend I used to work with back in my TV days in Lloyd Minster. She's not in media anymore, but I catch up with her once or twice a year. And her uh, her son has become a pretty good goaltender. I think he's just getting into his teens now. And uh, I, I had lunch with her a few weeks ago, and she was telling me about her and her husband dealing with you know the, the joy of him getting better and being able to play at a decent level, but also talking to him about, okay, you, you'll want to do this. Here's here's the time commitment. Um, how do you possibly prepare him for the disappointment of uh, getting cut from a team? What are the options you give him if that happens? Uh, how do you keep him uh, realistic? So uh, I think her and her husband struggle with uh, being uh, encouraging, um but not pushing him, but also not holding him back. And that has to be a fine line to walk uh, to say, you know, obviously uh, go for it, uh, but be aware, you know, if, if, if you play hockey, if it takes this much time, well, maybe you can't do this. Maybe you're not in another activity. Maybe here's, uh, you know, another part of your life that could fall back. So, but I think, sure, do the, uh, does the kid, does the 12 year old kid want to make the NHL? Can he even think that far ahead? At that point, or, or do the parents think it's a possibility? So they're, so they're really uh, hitting the gas. Dursa in GP says, I coach minor hockey. Reed, I disagree with the idea that kids need to play summer hockey. I think kids go through burnout. And I also think a better rounded athlete makes for a better hockey player. That's an interesting one about burnout. And even we adults, we supposedly mature people, I mean, what do we find ourselves saying? Well, I need a vacation. Well, I need a break. So, you know, you probably get two, three, four, five weeks a year off from your job. Even if, I mean, hey, I I love my job. I love doing this. I love talking to you guys every night, interviewing athletes, telling sports stories. I love it. As I mentioned earlier in the show, Don, I'm on holidays tomorrow and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a mental break you get. So, so as adults, we say we need our break, uh, yet... Uh, maybe not all parents, but some parents, or or, or or these high level of sports has put the expectations on kids. Well, you you can do this without a break, or or you can do this 11 months of the year, and another month you still got to do some training, so you're ready to go when you're actually back on the ice or on the court. So yeah, I think burnout could be a could be a factor, especially for some of the younger kids. Uh, This texter says you're probably not getting much of a response about spring hockey. Well, I am getting decent response. uh, But this texter goes on to say you are targeting a big business in today's world. Spring and summer hockey is the reality for a very large market. I strongly believe that spring leagues and summer camps should be regulated by Hockey Canada because right now it is up to the individual teams to monitor things. I have heard of numerous... Uh, bad coaches and executives who are not putting kids first. That is uh, from an anonymous texter to 630 630. And Rob says, I believe kids should be exposed to multiple sports. The one exception where you can't get around it is gymnastics, the one sport where athletes peak between the ages of 15 and 20. Kids must train hard year-round at a very young age in gymnastics. I know this from experience, as my daughter was a high-level gymnast until injuries cut up to her. Now she excels at track and field and uh, team sports in school, as a text to Rob from 630-630. Well, that's an interesting perspective from a parent who went through it with a kid at a high level, uh, obviously not a team sport, and I think he makes a good point. Uh, the athlete will reach their physical peak. And uh, I, I suppose if, if it's something they can realistically do professionally, their, their peak earning age uh, at a different age, depending on the sport. But that's an interesting text there from, uh, from Rob. Rob. Uh, Mike B says, cost was always an issue with a lot of the families around me when playing sports read. What I disagreed with most was the politics. That's from Mike. And uh, Darcy says... Gretzky is right. Either you have talent or you don't. These kids who go year-round uh, basically buy their way onto a team. It is, it is usually the coaches of the elite teams running these spring teams and camps. Watching elite hockey with these kids that go year-round is like watching robots play. They all skate and play the same way. Then by January, they are burned out. Lots of them quit once they don't make it. It's all about the money. That is a text from uh, Darcy. That's an interesting perspective as well. And Vic says, I coach football, and I find my best athletes are the multi-sport players. Plus, when they come to play, they really are ready for the change. That's a a text from Vic. You know, well, now we're running out of the show. That's an interesting... And Vic, I'll throw this out there to you. Because now we don't we don't live in Texas or Pennsylvania or Florida or some of these areas of North America that it churn out a lot of football players, pro football players, right? And we get a lot of CFL guys from the s- southeastern states. Is is football different? Because football is so hard on the body. Actually playing it competitively year round. Uh, would be incredibly taxing, especially on a younger athlete now I'm not saying hockey isn't, but you know hitting is introduced at a, at a at a later age and uh, you know maybe the games are spaced out. Is there there might be training for football year round, but playing football year round? that might be I mean I think in the off season for a lot of football players there'd be weights and drills and you might still go catch but you're not wearing pads and all that kind of stuff so is, is football in a slightly different category when it comes to the year round debate that's something we should get in a little bit more. Vic, that's, that's, that's a good text for sure. But Vic saying that he coaches football and he finds the best athletes are multi-sport players. Ken from uh, medicine hat, multiple sport kids usually mean well-rounded kids with the ability to adapt to change. Also the acceptance to move on and take up other challenges, develops additional skill sets that progress through adulthood. Well, and again, he's talking about progressing through adulthood. Um, so I think we get to the, the debate there. Most, the overwhelming majority of people who play any sport as a kid will not play it professionally. And, and I'm sure a lot of kids don't even think that they're, I mean, a kid might say, well, he really likes hockey and he'd like to be like Connor mcdavid but i'm sure by the time he's 12 13 14 somewhere in his head he's already realizing that's not possible so do you put yourself in a team environment and just enjoy the experience of playing sports and makes you a more well-rounded a- adult we'll have to get more into this uh topic later on i, I enjoy the, the the personal experience stores too because it's stuff i don't have boston up 10-5 on the jays it's in the top of the ninth Prospects up 3-0 on Medicine Hat. It's in the top of the fourth. It is uh, 1-1 Canada and Sweden. Holinka gretzky Cup. That game is in the second period. So football tomorrow. 6 o'clock for the pregame show. 8 o'clock for the start of the game from Vancouver. Eskimos at the Lions. Dave Campbell, Morley Scott, Blake Dermott. Dave's the producer of this show. Kellen Kennedy is the studio producer. I'm going to be on a bit of a break. Brendan Ulrich will host on Friday. If I if I see the giant shark movie, I'll definitely let you know what I thought of it. And I'll probably have some sushi on my time off too. Thanks for listening tonight. Fun show. Take care, everybody. Have fun,
0: Reid. Six
1: thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.